welcome to the fourth episode of Not Your Average Cricket Show. Where we're hitting traditional cricket commentary for six. I'm Zoe George. And I'm Justin Gregory. We're following all the action from the White Ferns as they compete at the ICC World T20 in the West Indies. We're bringing you analysis, cricket puns, history from the Cricket Museum and guest hosts. You can also join the conversation on the RNZ Vox Pop app or email us cricket at rnz.co.nz. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public or at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. And of course, you can listen to us on the RNZ app. And you can also hear some special cuts on RNZ Nights with Brian Crump. That's from Monday nights at 7.30. On today's show, we cross to Guyana to talk to the White Ferns following their third round game against Pakistan. And we visit the Cricket Museum to check out the Bat Cave. Now, we've had a few interesting guest hosts over the past few episodes, and today is no different. Karen O'Leary is an early childhood educator, but most of us will know her as Officer O'Leary from What We Do in the Shadows and Wellington Paranormal. Kia ora, Karen. Oh, kia ora. Welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. What Okay, I have to say you're wearing this most incredible jersey. Uh, Thank you very much. Can you describe it to us, please? Well, obviously it's very fashion-forward. Uh, fashion's a big part of what I try to do. Um, but this cricket jersey... Uh, oh, oh, no, I've just let the cat out of the bag. I already called it a cricket jersey. <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a lovely sweatshirt, a stripy sweatshirt with the cricket emoji um, hand-cut and sewed onto the right breast area. Um, and it's a delightful jersey that my lovely partner made for me as a birthday gift. Um, because when I send... Like, you know, you know, people seem like love hearts and stuff like that. That's not really my cup of tea. Um, so I thought, because I love cricket so much, that is my version of a love heart. So she made me a cricket emoji Aww. jersey. And Aww. I wear it. And it's a bit soppy, isn't it? We'll put Maybe. a photo up of it uh, on, on, on our website. I think it's fantastic. Can I have one of these? Well, she sewed the whole thing. I'm pretty sure for the right price you can get whatever you like. Okay. Yeah. So you say you, you say you love cricket. Did you play it? No, I never played it in my life. <laughs> I don't actually like cricket. No, yeah, I just joking. Yeah. 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 No, I certainly did. Yeah, I played cricket long and long into my twenties. Until then, I realised that Saturday was a long time to spend not at the pub. Fair enough. As what did most you do? of us do at twenties. What at the pub or at the cricket? Well, the pub comes after the cricket, and the, eventually the pub overtook the cricket by the sounds of it. But a little bit. More yeah. specifically, as a player, what did you do? Bowler, batter, oh, I was all an, rounder. I was an opening bats. Uh, better, and I also used to do a bit of um, very good Gavin Larson impersonated bowling. Oh. Yeah, so I was a bit of an all rounder, I guess theoretically speaking. Yeah. Did yeah. we just did we just veer into swear jar territory? Oh my! I didn't, but I didn't though, did I? Oh, it was very close. <laughs> there was a lot. There was a lot of swear jars today by the commentators. I I have to admit, um, there were lots of. Now I'm I'm just I am commenting on their commentating. There was a lot of girls happening mm. uh, from a whole range of people on the commentary team today, and even Mark Coles called his team girls. I'll have to say, Zoe, though, you did call quite a few men boys when I we did. were just chatting. This is true. Cricket, so, you yeah. know, but I guess we're allowed to do that, aren't we? It's a quality, right? Yeah, it's about time they got called boys. <laughs> now, also, Karen, <laughs> you're uh, an early childhood educator. Have you been introducing cricket to the youngsters? Absolutely, whenever I can. And whenever there's a sh- an interest shown, or even if there isn't, I try to get the cricket bat out. Um, obviously, I'm way better than most of the kids, so it makes you feel quite good about your cricketing ability when you've got a three-year-old who can't really bat and also can't catch. So, yeah, we play lots of cricket. Nice. And, yeah, I have heard a couple of children, but not too many. <laughs> a few personal best then with the bat. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's have a quick wrap of today's game. Oh, finally, a victory for New Zealand. It was a victory. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and a pretty comprehensive one too, as it turned out. Yeah, it was. Uh, New Zealand were put into bat by Pakistan. We were able to score one 44 for six off the 20. Divine finally showing 
How divine she is with the bat scoring 32. Bates, 35 again, solid with that bat. Um, and then the well, cat- until she got out. Until she, yeah, until she got out. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that solid, was it? No, no. But those two Bit opening... Bit of a loose pa- shot, I thought, yeah. you know? <laughs> Their opening partnership was, was what we needed, though. Um, so we set 145, the target, for Pakistan. They started quite strongly in those first few... Opening um, overs. Showing... Strongly, they were off to a flyer. Yeah, I was going to say slightly strongly was a bit yeah. of an understatement. We were actually quite, you know, panicking, uh, thinking yeah. this is going to be over quickly. Yeah, but then uh, yeah, a bit of pressure from the, uh, from, the from the bowlers. Yeah, no, the bowlers did an excellent job, and we were able to get them out for 90, 90 runs. And when we say an excellent job, Jess Watkin, the off spinner, oh. who I think is what twenty years old, three wickets for nine runs of four overs, able to be attacking and miserly. I don't know how you do it, but it's a neat trick. It is. Let's cross to go. Now, though, to talk to the bowler of the day, Jess Watkin, three for nine. Jess, oh, outstanding performance. Well done. Thank you. Why do you think today was, was more successful than other days for you? Um, I think I just bowled the right length than other days, and then the wicket was turning, so the wicket kind of did the work for me. What was uh, what was said to you after the last game? What was said to the team after the last game? You played against Australia, you lost, uh, and then going into this Pakistan game, what was the message from the captain and the coaching staff? Um, we just had to go out there and give it our all and, um, yeah, just bring back our lengths and stuff because I think that was key with our bowling in the other two games that we lost. We just weren't bowling the right length. Mm. And then so we worked real hard at training to, just to bring them back a little bit. I think one of the remarkable things about your bowling effort today was um, we touched upon it earlier amongst ourselves, but the commentators showed us, uh, I'm not sure of the exact term, but they showed us where all your deliveries pitched, basically all within the same sort of, oh God, at the very most, six-inch radius. You landed it in the same spot virtually every ball. Remarkable effort. Yeah, no, well, I worked really hard at training in the last couple of days just to hit that leap, so it was quite cool that it, it worked out in the game for me. Did you have something to prove in this game, given that you didn't play in the previous one? Um, well, I suppose you've always, as soon as you get it, your opportunity, you've got to take it. So, um, yeah, I just always want to do my best out there. Um, hi, kia ora. Uh, it's Karen O'Leary here. I just want to say that you just said before that the pitch did lots of work for you. I was watching you. I reckon you did way more work than the pitch. And, you know, you, you were the one who put it on the pitch, so I reckon don't give the pitch any credit. You should take all the credit for yourself. <laughs> I suppose you've got to bowl it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The pitch wasn't going to do anything without you bowling the ball at it, was it? So full credit. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. That's great advice, Karen. I love thank that. You. Yeah. Uh, so you're facing you're facing Ireland on Sunday New Zealand time. What's the goal for that? Um, just go out there and give it our all. We've got nothing to lose, so... Just, yeah, leave it all out on the park, really. Yeah, you literally have nothing to lose. That's... What, they're not going to lose? Great. <laughs> they're going to win. We've heard it here yeah. first. Thank yeah. you, Jess. We know this. Do- I'm going to the TAB now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, because that's going to be the final game of the tournament for you, isn't it? Yeah, so we can't, We want to like finish on a high. So, yeah. And then what after that? Do you come straight back to New Zealand or are you going to have a debrief? What's it looking like for the White Ferns? Um, yeah, so we have domestic stuff and other players are going to Big Fish and then we've got a tour against India in January, February so that's our next um, big thing to work towards. Oh, well, best of luck for the for the game on uh, Sunday New Zealand time, Jess, and uh, we look forward to seeing you taking some more wickets. Thank you. Fantastic performance today. Congratulations. Thank you.
So Jess Watkin, three for nine, three wickets for nine off just four overs. Uh, Amelia Kerr, three wickets for, you know, by contrast, an expensive 29 <laughs> or four overs. Um, but one of the moments of the, of the, of the game for me, mm. uh, Leah Tahuhu was clocked at 126 kilometres per hour, fastest delivery of the competition so far. Who says women teams. can't bowl fast? I don't. I'd <laughs> never say that. No, neither. I think we can. And no, she really proved, she was a little bit inconsistent at times with the ball. There were a few wides and in one of those early overs, she bowled a couple of wides um, in a row. I think it was more than a couple. Yeah. 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 Uh, And, you know, and then she changed the line and that was a bit better. And then she got her eye in again. So that was, that was But ultimately, do we care if she can bowl at 126 k's an hour? I mean, that's (laughs) pretty impressive, isn't it? Because if you look at her stats, even even without those, the the runs that she lost with the wides, who she was not, she was still quite economical. Yeah, she was. So she was making up for it with her dot balls. Pakistan won the toss, and unusually for this competition, they elected to bowl. So they put mm-hmm. New Zealand into bat, and we had Sophie Devine and Susie Bates back opening the batting, just 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 like Maya Lewis asked for in the last episode, and they were away. Good start to the good start to the innings for New Zealand. Yeah, well, Anna Peterson, who opened last game uh, against Australia, who scored a duck, was out of the team for this game, and they decided to bring Devine up the order. So she opened with Bates, and it was actually a really really good opening partnership. It was great to see Devine uh, use. Her bat for a change. She's only scored nine runs so far, and so to see it today, it was much better. It always makes batting a lot better, doesn't it, when you, you use your bat? I know. Well, that's what batting's for, mm, right? Well, yeah. what a batter's for in the, in the batting. <laughs> it's a traditional approach, but there's good reasons for it, I think, yeah. Um, there was some adventurous running in the early overs, you'd have to say. Yes, very, very, very. Um, but... At times, though, it's good to take that risk because it puts the pressure on the fielders. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I think on the whole, Pakistan fielded um, pretty well until they didn't, which is one of those you know absolute truisms. But on the whole, I, I felt like they had their field right most of the time. We weren't mm-hmm. getting away. In the end, we got a pretty good score. Um, I think what you know that total 144 for six is slightly better than this than this wicket usually gives up to teams batting first. So not so bad really. Pakistan seemed to they seemed to be doing okay. It was really nice to see Sophie uh, Devine playing some really good shots. All around the ground. Uh, in her opening games, she scored nine in her first game, then she scored a duck against Australia. Uh, she There was an early stumping attempt on her. There was five stumping attempts uh, against New Zealand in that first innings. Uh, and, and the first one was on her when she was on seven. And then a couple of balls later, she smashed a six uh, to prove that she was still there. Went on to score 32. And uh, she smashed a six and then went to smash another one and was caught on the boundary. And it was but actually. What a catch. Oh. It was, I think it was probably... Terrific catch. One, it was one-handed, wasn't it? And she was like, oh, leaning It was kind over. of two hands, but, you know, one of them two would hands, have done the most, foot. you know, the main job. Yeah, one foot. I mean, how did she not topple over the boundary? I yeah. couldn't believe it. No, it was a, it was an absolute stunning catch. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, and generally speaking, there were contributions from all the batters. Devine mm, got 32, mm. Susie Bates got 35 and got out against the run of play. Uh, Satterthwaite came right with 26. Katie Martin got 29. We were talking in the last episode about how we were too reliant on just a couple of players. Almost everybody did their job today. Mm, they did. It was actually really nice to see everyone step up to the crease <laughs> and uh, and contribute with with the bat because only uh, you know um, Bates has been contributing thus far. So I have been a little bit concerned with um, Amy Sathwaite not stepping up and, and giving a captain's knock, but today. You know, she kind of showed that she's got it there, 
but is it too little too late for the white ferns? Well, it was a solid knock, wasn't it? But yeah. it wasn't a, it wasn't electrifying. No. You know, I wondered if she was, you know, she could have gone and put the foot on the gas a bit more, potentially speaking. Especially, you know, when we had wickets in hand. Mm. You know, I think potentially she should, have, she should have sped out the run rate a bit. Yeah, between the 13th and 17th overs when we mm. did have wickets in hand, it was very slow going. The mm. 18th and 19th overs, I think we scored, was it 24 runs yeah. in the last two overs? Yeah. It was quite a hefty amount. But it just seemed to slow then and they didn't take those opportunities to give it yeah. a good bash I guess, around. Yeah, I guess credit to the, the to the bowlers, the oh, Pakistan yeah. bowlers, mm, because mm. and again with the slow pitch, obviously it was always going to be difficult. But you know, you did wonder if she could have just just whacked the ball a bit harder. <laughs> That's what I, mean, I'd I have think done. that slow pitch is part of it. We were talking about the number of stumping attempts in the New Zealand innings. Mm. It speaks to the quality of the pitches, that mm. they were running past the balls which were staying low or not coming on, and there were plenty of opportunities for the keeper, most of which were taken. Mm. And I think there was a bit of a, a sharp intake of breath in the last over, though, when uh, we were sitting on a possible hat trick, uh, mm. two quick wickets, and yeah. like, oh, I kept saying, just come in and just block it, just, <laughs> just block the ball. Uh, and thankfully uh, there was no hat trick for us. I disagree with you. I thought the attempt at dill scoop was... Wasn't, wasn't the best thought out <laughs> oh, shot, but it's it was the last terrible. over of a 20 over yeah. game. Yeah. What are you going to do? You've got to go for every ball. I tell you, I mean, you know, Jess Watkin walked out, smacked her first ball to long on and got caught, but she yeah. was trying to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. No, if it's, if it's straight, you know, are you going in full? Are you going to play if a If it's straight, stick? just don't even bother. That's what I always say. Freaking just... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what, what are we talking about here? We're talking about cricket. Yeah, yeah, of course we are. <laughs> yeah. uh, so they set one forty-five for Pakistan uh, to chase. I mean, when we were heading, you know, when we went into the break, did we think that that was a possible defendable score? Uh, yes, I did because all scores are defendable depending on how you uh, how you bowl, really, aren't they? So, but I certainly did wonder if it was going to be enough, and especially with Pakistan's start, it was starting to look a little bit, uh, yeah, a little bit worrying for New mm-hmm. Zealand. I think it was less than I wanted and less than I expected. Um, Pakistan did, as you say, manage to slow us down in the in the mm. last quarter of our innings. They bowled quite well at that point. I mm. was hoping for over 150, getting to near 160. Mm. Turns out that's not a bad score for this particular for this particular ground. So. Hmm. Let's head into the second innings. Um, Pakistan batting, New Zealand bowling. Uh, I actually thought Pakistan started off with a hiss and a roar. They went out at... I actually thought they were going to... Yeah, bats blazing, weren't they? Oh, they were incredible mm. to watch. Um, yeah. And they were pushing it all around the ground, which was which was fantastic. Um, there was a DRS review for caught behind in the third over which we were holding our breath for mm. because it didn't look like it hit anything, but it came off her glove, and I'm so glad that we went upstairs, and so that's when uh, we got our first wicket, uh, 31 for one, which was mm. kind of good. So Pakistan got away to a fly, but they didn't really sustain it, and then mm. they continued to lose wickets regularly, and we strangled them. Amelia mm. Kerr went for 14 off her first over, but then just three off her next. She mm-hmm. ended up with three wickets for just 29. And as we've already said... Jess Watkin, just you know, oh. three wickets for nine runs of four overs. She was able to attack, she was able to contain, she did everything that was required. It was a great bowling effort. Yeah, actually I think for me that has been a standout um, bowling spell for the entire tournament mm. from the New Zealand team. Uh, and hopefully we can continue to bowl like that against Ireland because mm. that will be our last game of you, this when, I'm just going back to, to Jess Watkin. When you yeah. looked at the length that she was bowling, mm. it was so consistent and so mm. in exactly the right place. And it just she mm. just did not let up. You know, so it was 
was not a lot any of those Pakistani batters could do. No. Other than get out. So, <laughs> And they did. Not Thanks. on a sledging way, just sorry about that. Yeah, no, it's all right. I'll see Another you. note, and in contrast to the Australian game, we held our catches today. We did. I thought that was fantastic. Uh, and, we, uh, and we looked confident in the field, I thought. Which is always a positive thing, right? There's nothing it's, worse. Yeah, better than, than looking scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, the ball's coming! Yikes! Yeah. <laughs> and as the innings went on, it just got all too much for the Pakistani batters. And at one point, they needed nearly double uh, the run rate that they were currently scoring to win the game. And in the end, we just got them all. Yeah, we did. It was absolutely fantastic. All out for ninety in the eighteenth over. Uh, there was one thing that kind of taught, caught our attention, Karen. One of the male mm. commentators commented on a, a shot played by one of the Pakistan batters and said, uh, squirts for one. You can't just keep on going squirting for one. And I just thought, you know, I just you never want to hear many people talking about squirting, but certainly not a male cricket commentator when he's talking about women's cricket. I mean, what... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. One of the not exactly a highlight of the Pakistani innings was that terrible run out. In the oh, 16th. yes. Oh, yep. my Lord. Two, ba- two batters at the same end, both of them staring at each other, and it was, you know, it was a, it was a Minty's moment. It was a classic. Yeah, well, one, they, they ran for one, and then one stayed at one end, and the other one took off again, and there was no communication whatsoever. I wonder what was going through their head when that, uh, when that uh, happened. I think it was probably two different, very different things was going through <laughs> each of their heads. <laughs> We've been doing a little bit of a mini-series on interesting treasures and artefacts at the New Zealand Cricket Museum. Today we catch up with curator Jamie Bell, who takes us out the back to check out a special little room. We're around the back of the museum and we're in this tiny little room. It smells like mothballs. Yep, it does. What What is this room that we're standing in? Uh, well, we call it the Bat Cave um, and it's actually a big hit when we do sort of behind-the-scenes tours and things because we open the door and we unveil a room that effectively one side of it is filled with three racks of cricket bats of varying ages and conditions. Yeah, lots of them have signatures, a lot of them have some form of um, historical event attached to them, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, well, personally I love kind of cricket objects that have links to bigger New Zealand social stories, mm. so there's a few things in here like that. There's a couple of um, cricket bats here which are very severely damaged and people always say to me, oh did somebody get out and throw that at a rubbish bin or whatever, and um, they've got a much bigger story in that they were in New Zealand cricket's offices in Christchurch when the earthquakes hit down there. And cricket's got quite a big part to play in that story and in the regeneration of Christchurch, so they're kind of a good gateway into talking about that sort of thing. Yeah, we're looking at this um, bat, Black Caps versus West Indies 2008 and nine, and it's split pretty much down one side and there are big holes in it, there are big chunks of wood taken off it. So it's like someone has smashed it against something, hasn't it? But that occurred in the earthquake. Yeah, and it really, um, you know, it's sort of a, a tangible evidence of the power of the earthquake, if you think about how strong you generally deem a cricket bat to be. Um, I'm looking at this one here, and we've got Kirsty Bond. Who's Kirsty Bond? She's on here with Brian Young and Martin Crow, and is this Bert Sutcliffe up here? Yeah, yeah. And we've got Matthew Sinclair. So, okay, all these people have something in common, and it's got to be... Scoring 200 runs? That is correct. So it's the New Zealand Test 200 Club up until uh, the end of 1999. So Matthew Sinclair actually snuck in there by scoring a century on debut, Boxing Day uh, 1999. I was there for that. I saw it. It was amazing. And uh, Kirsty was actually the first woman in Test cricket to score a double century. So she did so in a test in England against, against England. And her name wasn't originally on this bat, which I 
saw as a bit of a, an error and something that I wanted to correct. So when um, Kirsty was here in sort of an official capacity with the White Ferns team a few years ago, I stopped her and said, I've got something that I would like you to sign, please, and brought that out and got her to sign it. And she sort of um, told me a bit about the history and about how she didn't get to sign it in the first place. So it was nice for us to kind of write that wrong. And um, it's led to her actually giving us the bat that she scored 200 with so that's a real treasure a real um, you know great memento of New Zealand's cricket history so it's um, it's awesome for us to kind of have these relationships with these players and and you know that they see us as a place to care for and celebrate their achievements. Out of all the bats that you've got here in the bat cave I love that name what is your favourite bat? Oh, that's that's just. Too there's one up here that's got Don Bradman's name written on it. Yeah, there's, there's I mean, there are all sorts of of bats in here. There's bats signed by New Zealand's first Test series team in 1930. There is a bat that was given to the Karori Cricket Club by Catherine Mansfield's father. Um, but my favourite that's actually in here at the moment is um, probably Debbie Hockley's bat, um, which I have taken to nicknaming oh. the Frankenbat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's covered with strapping tape. It looks like it's 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 a gun and more cannon. You can't go wrong with a gun and more. Um, tell me about this bat. If you look at the centre of it, you can actually see a couple oh. of ovals kind of yeah, linked yeah. together. So it's um, made up of pieces of other bats. Right. Um, <laughs> so sort of an organ donor scheme for old cricket bats. So Debbie, like many, many... Uh, New Zealand and, and Canterbury cricketers used to get bats repaired by a guy in Christchurch who was just known as Barry the Bat Guy, Barry the Batman. And this is one of the ones that he fixed multiple times. I think she was using it in about sort of 1997. Um, and for her, it was just a favourite bat. She scored a couple of centuries with it, so she wanted to keep using it as much as she possibly could. So she's taped it to within an inch of its life. <laughs> yeah. it's more more tape than bat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, you know, every, every player is different in terms of their playing equipment and, and how they value it, and it kind of shows how, you know, a truly world-class New Zealand player found a bat she liked and went to whatever lengths she could to keep using it. That's Jamie Bell, curator at the New Zealand Cricket Museum, talking about the Bat Cave. Uh, and we're joined by Karen O'Leary as our co-host today. Kia ora, Karen. Thank you again for being here. Now, we actually know you as Officer O'Leary from uh, Wellington Paranormal. The Basin Reserve would be a fantastic location to film there, oh, right? I mean, how could you not think of a better location, I uh, think? You know, some sort of a ghostly kind of cricket match. You know, I mean, there's mm. just endless possibilities. Well, I think maybe a ghost crowd at a men's domestic team, possibly. Well, that would just be real, though, wouldn't it? Not actually like a made-up TV show thing. So, <laughs> sorry, yeah, the five ghosts of great cricketing disappointments over the decades at the Basin Reserve. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that could be a good one. And there's some fantastic uh, artifacts out the back. Uh, I think these are cut out of Jeremy Coney out the back no, it's, there. It's, and... it's a full like actual model. I remember going to see that with my dad when we were, you know, as a kid. I was like, man, that is creepy. Like they just hadn't done it quite right. It was certainly not Madame Tussauds style. It was like slightly creepy, kind of like that Santa Claus in Auckland. Yeah. Hey, you know, yeah. just kind of made you a little bit frightened but you kind of wanted to keep looking at it. Yeah, <laughs> This is true. I re- yeah, I know. Wellington Paranormal was such a fantastic show, by the way. Thank you very much. I had everything to do with making it. No, I did not. No. There's some very amazing people that work on that, and it's, I've been very fortunate to be part of it. Yeah. And is it scripted? There certainly is a script, yes, theoretically speaking. Um, but again, we've been very lucky. Uh, Paul Yates, who's the producer and one of the writers, is a lovely and amazing guy, and Jermaine Clement, who obviously wrote mm. and directed most of the episodes. Um, they're very relaxed, so we obviously did like a scripted, a scripted version of anything first, then kind of a bit of a tweak, and then we would just make up whatever we wanted to, and it's a really good combination of all three. Yeah. Um, and are we going to see a second series? 
Rumour has it. Actually, it's not even a rumour. It's actually a confirmed fact. So, uh, yeah, we are. There's there's 13 more episodes in the pipeline for next year. Well, that's really great news to hear uh, that Wellington Paranormal uh, is coming back. Uh, we also have some other news, which is kind of exciting. Uh, some of the biggest names in New Zealand cricket were elected life members of NZC at their annual general meeting earlier this week in Wellington. Um, and some of them include women. Can you believe it? White Fern captains, Debbie Hockley, Leslie Murdoch, who's currently over in the West Indies commentating, and Emily Drum were made life members. Um, Emily Drum was the captain when New Zealand won the World Cup in 2000, which was really exciting. Can yeah. I just jump in? Sorry, just to interrupt, but do you know what one of my most exciting Instagram moments was? Was yeah. when Penny Kinsella started following me on Instagram. I was really excited. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. and Pat McKeever used to be our principal, so there you go. Oh, just put well, that in there. Pat's been on our show a few times, <sighs> and she is... Incredible. Uh, Daniel Vittori, Ian Smith, uh, John Wright, Stephen Fleming, a few others who have been named life members. Those few others obviously don't just care about. Just those others, <laughs> yeah. legends of New Zealand men's yeah. cricket. But yeah. let's, let's move but, on. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. We'll just move on. Something else also happened in news this week at the T.P. McLean Sports Journalism Awards. Someone was made a finalist for long-form sports journalism and coverage of women's sports, and that someone is Zoe George yeah. for her Fair Play podcast, which you just referenced before. <laughs> Congratulations, Zoe. When's the big night? Thank you. Uh, it's in early December up in Auckland, so December the 5th. And, uh, yeah, I'm up against some really stiff competition in long form. Uh, there's Dana Johansson, Dylan Cleaver uh, from NZME. And there's a team from TVNZ. Uh, and then for the coverage of women in sport, there's actually a bit of controversy around it because there's me and Dana again. There's a couple of others. But um, there's a woman uh, called Suzanne McFadden from Newsroom. And she wasn't a finalist. And she writes about women in sport every day. So to see her not in was a little bit disappointing for me because she's an incredible journalist. But, um, to but isn't be... it good then if you're in the competition to not have an incredible journalist <laughs> up against you? I mean, well, I... That kind of makes it better for you, really. This is you true. It's, I was actually considering n- not entering because she's so fantastic and I thought that she'd just win it. So um, She's I'm... not going to win it, that's for sure. <laughs> no, which is a shame. So yeah, so thank you so much. Yeah, Fair Play is, uh, it's been... Good fun to make this year. We've we've covered some pretty big stories from the Debbie Hockley harassment story um, through to the government not funding uh, the All Blacks pay packets. And coming up next week on Fair Play, we're investigating the ongoing story that I've been doing about the Basin Reserve toilets. <laughs> Is that the one you nominated for? for it, yes, it was. It was. <laughs> so uh, you I'm were... sorry. It's an important issue. You've brought it up many times. Yep. I fully agree with you. It was just a wonderful juxtaposition. Is and that a beautifully p- piss delivered. Take? Great comic timing. <laughs> Is it a piss take? Is it a piss take? <laughs> <laughs> Now, one of the things that we try to do each episode when we remember to do it is to get a, <laughs> what we call a pro tip from our guests. Now, uh, in the first episode, it was from uh, Jimmy Nisham and Hamish Bennett, and obviously it was very cricket-related. Karen, Karen mm. O'Leary, yes. cha- early childhood educator and actor, what's your pro tip from any of your guises? Um, if you can't get the ball, get the player. <laughs> no, that's not my actual pro tip. That's what my dad used to say as a joke, so please, <laughs> no. I reckon my pro tip is... Uh, would be, be a good person. Play against three-year-olds, I think. Yeah, well. that's another pro tip. If you always play against people that are worse than you, you're going to win, and it always mm. feels good to be a winner. But I think, uh, ultimately, winners are people that are just good people, so be kind to each other. That would be my... That's a bit waffly, though, isn't it? It's a bit like world peace, asking for world peace when you win Miss New Zealand. Oh, no, I think... Lorraine kind... Downs. Hey, hey. Be kind to each other. I think that's a nice... 
Yeah. You know, just be... I mean, sportsmanship, sportswomanship, sports personship. Sportship. Sportship. Yeah. Why is it just called, wasn't it just called sportship? It yeah. sounds a bit weird. Good uh, yeah. But I guess if it was going to be a cricket tip, my, my dad, and I talked to you about this, Zoe, before... As an opening bat- batter, uh, he always has said, you know, if you if you hit the ball in the air, that's one way that you can get out. If you always hit the ball on the ground, you've eliminated a whole way of ever getting out. And so I did listen to his advice, and I used to always play the ball on the ground. Oh, thanks, Dad. Yeah, never got any sixes, obviously. But, you know, I didn't need them. <laughs> I squirted heaps of ones out. <laughs> runs. I mean, runs. I squirted run- I was I wasn't squirting anything. I just was scoring runs. Sensibly. Oh, <laughs> on that note, uh, all right. On that note, our predictions, quick predictions for the game against Ireland. I think we're going to beat them comfortably. I suspect we might. Yes. My last name's O'Leary, so I'm going for Ireland on this one. <laughs> I'm actually not Irish at all. Well, I obviously am somewhere, but no, I'm going for New Zealand. Nice. Yeah. yeah no, I think comfortably by at least ninety-eight runs. Oh, big call. Yeah. Big Do you call. think there might be some odd selections for this game? They might try it a few people who haven't had a run yet? Possibly. I don't think they should. And I think they should open with Amelia Kerr. Give her a chance. Karen, you don't think you, they should? You just want them to crush the mutton with the strongest possible absolutely. team Absolutely. You, know, you know, we just heard it from Jess. They've got to go out on a high because obviously it has been a little bit disappointing. So I reckon put your best team out there, do the job, get that confidence back within the team and, uh, and see what happens when India come. Or when they go to India. Couldn't remember which one it was. We're coming, they're coming here. Great. See them there. I'm in here. <laughs> At the Basin Reserve. I'll be there at the Basin, doing the basin. My, um, my my filming of the Cricket Wellington Paranormal. Nice. Excellent, because yep. we haven't heard enough from the Basin in this episode. Well, and, unfortunately, um, the Basin is a lot better than Eden Park, isn't it? Yeah, let's face it. <laughs> let's face it. Sorry, Justin. Are Hard you an, Are you an Aucklander? I'm from Canterbury. Canterbury? Oh, mm. that's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Depending on what you're talking about. But this is true. Yep. This is true. On that note... Which one? We're going now. Oh, it was a C sharp. I was just getting started. <laughs> oh, Karen, it's been oh. so lovely having you. Okay. Uh, with oh, okay. Well, you know, you can no, hang around for the next three episodes if you like. Yeah, uh, I'll just sit in the background. We've got yeah. Sam Scott joining us from Phoenix. Sam Scott from Phoenix. Oh no, not that guy. His kids came to Early Childhood Centre. <laughs> he's, he's a good friend of mine. He's joining us on Sunday and then next week. Uh, we've actually got Grant Robertson as our co-host as well. He's gay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he'll tell us a bit more about what the government's doing uh, about putting money into the Women's World Cup, Cricket World Cup here in New Zealand for 2021. And the Basin Reserve toilets. Yeah, and the Basin Reserve, of course. That's such an important issue, which you can hear more on on Fair Play this week. Great. (laughs) And that's it for Not Your Average Cricket Show. It was produced and presented by me, Zoe George and Justin Gregory. The engineer is William Saunders. The executive producer is Tim Watkin. And apparently the corporate sponsor was the Basin Reserve in Wellington. (laughs) So you can subscribe to every Not Your Average Cricket Show podcast at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public or at radionz.co.nz forward slash series. And I'm just kidding, we don't have any corporate sponsors. This is Radio New Zealand. And while you're on Apple, thanks very much New Zealand on air. And while you're on Apple, please rate us by clicking on ratings and review, then the stars instead easy and it's really important to us, please. This way more people get to hear about us and more people get to hear the podcast. And if you want to share your picks for the winner or tell us how we're doing, then just give us an email at cricket at radionz.co.nz. Noho oramai. Catch you later. Kakite. Kakite.